2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
3: Day four of Washington Commanders training camp is in the books, and we've got two Commanders players coming through on this episode. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
3: And welcome to this bonus episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day thanks so much for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day and don't forget that you can subscribe for free on youtube or wherever you get your podcast and you can continue this conversation over with me on subtext by going to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders and i am your host david harrison washington commanders beat reporter for commander country.com a part of sports illustrated's fan nation here with you every monday through friday and sometimes on saturdays as it were today And, of course, all of the everydayers out there, I always appreciate your support. I appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. You can also find me on Twitter if you would like, at DHarrison82. And on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss our fourth installment of Sam Howell Watch. We're going to hear from wide receivers Dax Milne and Byron Pringle as well. But we're going to start today's episode talking about wide receiver depth. And that's kind of the reason that Byron Pringle and, and Dax Milne are on the show uh Today, you guys, some of some of the subtexters asked to hear from them. Specifically, wanted to know some of the things that we discussed as well. And I said, you know what? This is one of our camp battles. This is one of our camp stories. The depth of the Washington Commanders wide receiver group. Who's going to make the roster? Who's not going to make the roster? So I said, let's roll this all into one. I'll just spend the day watching these receivers, taking notes, looking at some things that are interesting. But as of right now, as Ron Rivera would say, not completely important because it is the first week of training camp. So we don't want to draw too many conclusions from what we're seeing right off the bat, right? So we're going to talk receivers here. Then we're going to hear from the receivers as well. I think that kind of flows well together. So we're going to start with our camp story of the day. And look, obviously, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, that's your top three receivers uh, for the Washington Commanders this year, right? I think everybody can agree uh, to that and and, and appreciate that that is kind of set in stone. Deami Brown, depending on who you talk to, some think that he's a lock for wide receiver number four, some think he's not a lock for wide receiver four. I'm on the side that I do think that he is the fourth wide receiver unless he shows reason that he shouldn't be the fourth wide receiver and so far during training camp uh he's mossed percy butler and he's made some other great plays um he did have a rough play today but you know that's going to happen uh so i think that he's going to be wide receiver for the bottom line he's going to make the roster right so if you want to count receivers that we kind of know are going to make the roster you're up to four at this point after that you've got maybe two or three spots left i think most teams carry about six receivers uh, on the active roster some maybe go seven depending on you know the strengths of the roster and kind of where they want to shore up some depth spots but you know so maybe two uh probably two maybe three spots left on the roster be claimed by receivers and you've got guys like marcus kemp who's a little bit of a veteran came from kansas city knows eric Bieniemy's system a taller type of receiver that they don't really have uh in, in the in the other guys uh you know terry mclaurin is tallish sure but he's not quite as tall as marcus kemp kind of a big receiver uh, type of guy certainly a red zone threat dax milne uh, is another guy fighting for that spot byron pringle just joined the roster you know right before training camp but i think that he is certainly uh, a threat to make this roster he knows eric Bieniemy, knows the kansas city offense so of course some of the things that eric Bieniemy wants to do here not completely what kansas city does but some of those things are certainly going to transfer over and byron pringle is going to know that and of course there's other guys too kyrick mcgowan uh, is out there casimir allen uh, as well so One of these spots, if we say there's two spots left, one of those spots likely going to go to a guy that doesn't necessarily have to have a lot of special teams contributions under his belt, but one of those spots is also going to go to a guy that's going to definitely have to contribute uh, on special teams, and that essentially narrows down this remaining battle between guys like Dax Milne, Casimir Allen, and Byron Pringle for what I believe will be one of the final spots on this active roster for the wide receiver group. Now, of those three, Dax Milne clearly has the bigger presence on special teams uh, than either Allen or Pringle. Now, Kaz Allen's a rookie, so it's a little unfair to say, I guess. But Byron Pringle, he's got some return experience in the National Football League, but not here in Washington specifically. Obviously, special teams coordinator Nate Katzer knows Dax Millen better, probably has a little bit of a better rapport you know, for what that's worth. But there have been plenty in the media and the fan base uh, that have voiced frustration with the lack of explosive returns. In the punt return game specifically, and and even when he's returned some kickoffs from Dax Milne, the third year receiver uh, in the past. And I did ask Dax about that very fact uh, in the interview that we're going to have with him. So you will hear him kind of talk about that uh, just a little bit. And, you know, in team drills on Saturday, I was looking and I said, okay, let me let me let me find out in the first set of 11 on 11 drills. I think that's really kind of the most important one when you're trying to look at try try to diagnose, like who might have a leg up uh, on the depth chart. In the first set of 11-on-11 Saturday, Dax Milne was actually the first depth receiver. So after Terry, Jahan, and Curtis, those are your kind of top three, Dax Milne was actually the first depth receiver to get reps uh, on offense, perhaps perhaps signaling that he's got a little bit of a favor uh, with the head coach here, understanding his battle, uh, of course, is far from settled at this point. And uh, De'Ami Brown was actually the second depth receiver. Uh, on the field, I still personally, again, assert that I think that De'Ami Brown is certainly going to make this roster. Um, now, when the second team went in, so first team came off, Jacoby Brissett brought the second team offense in for their first 11 on 11 set. It was Dax Milne, Kyrick McGowan, Marcus Kemp that were on the field first with the second team. So I think that's interesting because De'Ami Brown, not on the field for the first reps with the second team, but getting a lot of first team reps. So, again, that kind of reinforces my belief that De'Ami is pretty much set uh, for this roster unless he does something to really mess it up. And Dax Milne is kind of in that second group, along with guys like Kirk McGowan, Marcus Kemp, and maybe on the fringe of that group, Casimir Allen, Byron Pringle, guys like that, who maybe are the top echelon of the third you know, portion uh, of wide receivers. So it's going to be something interesting to watch. Obviously, the punt return battle uh, is going to have something to do with that, but also the way that these receivers are being used for kick returners. Antonio Gibson, Jarrett Patterson, Byron Pringle, Chris Rodriguez Jr., Jonathan Williams, were all back there f- fielding kickoffs. So I think interesting that a lot of those Uh, Guys are obviously running backs and then Pringle, the wide receiver. Uh, They were also working on fielding squib kicks. And that's something that we talked to Nate Katzer about, the special teams coordinator, uh, with this new rule where teams can fair catch inside the 20 uh, and bring the ball out. You know, Nate Katzer is is anticipating there may be a few more squib kicks or a lot more even squib kicks uh, this year in an attempt to prevent teams from being able to do that and forcing them to return a ball. And then not only have to return it, but also have to return a ball that is bouncing around everywhere. So, again, not a ton to read into all that yet, but an update uh, on that camp story camp battle that's kind of what we've been doing all week leading off with a camp battle camp story camp question as it is right now but again week one of what five or six weeks uh left in, in this whole thing so again more answers to come And each week we'll get a little bit more sure of ourselves as far as how this is going to work out so not a ton yet to read into it but as camp progresses we will revisit this topic and i'll continue to look at the usage of these guys so we're going to go right into our play of the day and segment today typically this leads off our second segment, but because of the interviews, I want to go ahead and get it in uh here in, in segment one. And uh, you know, look, first day, first team quarterback came away with a throw that was a play of the day. Second day, second team quarterback came away with a throw that was a play of the day. Third day, third team quarterback came away with a throw that was a play of the day. So, fourth day, as you would expect, there's a running back. Uh Brian Robinson, left side run, uh, hit the C gap run, uh hit the C gap away, big, big hole. Uh, I think I wrote this up for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation at Commander Country. And I think I used the, the phrase uh, they didn't open up a lane, they opened up an expressway for Brian Robinson. It was a very, very big lane that B Rob uh, went into, uh, made one move on a defender, shook him, got past him, uh, even, you know, wouldn't have even been a practice tackle, just completely got away from him, then just turned on the Jets uh, and, and ran down the field outside. Brian Robinson looks a little bit faster to me this year than he did in, in, in last season. Uh, you know, I don't have a clock. I don't have a. I certainly don't have laser time. Even if I did have a clock, it'd be hand time, which is highly inaccurate. Uh, but I do, you know, I do feel like Brian Robinson looks a little bit faster this year than he did last year. Not saying he's a burner, but a little bit faster than he did uh, last year. An honorable mention, you know, play of the day candidate. Another deep shot today from third string quarterback Jake Fromm to wide receiver Zion Bowens. Uh, I talked real quick to Jake as he was coming off the practice field and just told him, "I said, hey man, you and Zion." You got that connection going. He said, Yeah, man, it's great. You know, those those balls, you, you can put them up there and you can trust him to go up there and get them. And uh yeah, that I mean it shows, you know, national championship type throw. Uh Zion Bowen is making a really good catch on that play. But B Rob, our first non-quarterback uh player or non-passing play of the day here of training camp, Brian Robinson. Uh and you know, obviously the offensive line gets a lot of credit for that too. opening that gap again. C gap on the left side. So that's uh, you know, your guard and your in your left tackle, Charles Leno Jr. There. Speaking of left guards. Uh, Sadiq Charles got reps uh, with the first team, but so did Chris Paul on on Saturday. So that's something that we'll keep an eye on. No, you know, again, nothing to to completely draw conclusions on, but it is interesting uh, that that Chris Paul was getting some first team burn at left guard. So next up, you're going to hear from two players our subtexters have asked to hear from involved in this wide receiver depth camp battle. That is Dax Milne, and then of course newcomer Byron Pringle. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit to your roster. So, with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And Vinny says, if you're looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round, you will be guaranteed to have a winning one-two punch of workhorse power in your backfield when taking Colts running back Jonathan Taylor and Browns running back Nick Chubb back-to-back. While Taylor's a perfect rebound candidate and a more run-friendly offense uh, in Indianapolis, Chubb is also set up up to dominate with more of the combined workload in Cleveland without Kareem Hunt uh, taking touches and taking snaps. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows that a championship team Is about each player being a perfect fit. Same goes for your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it and they'll make sure it's right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with ebay guaranteed fit everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away for the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle just look for the green check get the right parts the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Make a lot of time. commanders. Your first listen or view today and every day and every day. Appreciate you coming through for this episode. Appreciate you coming through for every episode uh, of training camp so far and all the ones to come. We've got plenty more to come this training camp. We're just getting started. We haven't even hit the first preseason game yet. Lots to talk about. And of course, like I mentioned before the break, we've got player interviews here. Dax Milne and Byron Pringle. We're going to start with Byron Pringle, the newcomer who has experience with Eric enemy from his years in Kansas City, but last year came. From the Chicago Bears. All right, Byron. First and foremost, welcome to DMV. Yeah, I uh, it. How do you? How do you? I mean, we got a lot of fans out here for you. How do you? How do you feel about this fan to show up? Oh man, it's, it's, it's a
0: great opportunity to have fans out here. Uh, Hearing what I heard about about the fans, it's great. We need their support and come out here every day and, and boost us up and, and make us. They give us that extra boost to go harder. Yeah. Sure. You know what I mean? When we're tired and exhausted, they just give us give us an extra boost, got like an energy boost. Now obviously you're grown man, now you're professional,
3: right? But is the child inside of you, has it has it sunk in that you play for a team owned by Magic Johnson yet? How's that how does that feel?
0: Oh man, it, 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 it's great, man. It's a great opportunity to, to uh play for Magic Johnson. You know he was one of the great great best law players. So. It's just a great opportunity to be here. Absolutely. Are you a basketball fan? You like basketball? Nah. I, no? I really don't pay attention to basketball.
3: Okay. But we all know who Magic is, right? That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's no, one of those I names that magic. transcends fandom. Yes, um What are your expectations coming here to, to the Commanders?
0: My, my expectations? Mm-hmm. to come in and bring hard work. And hit it to defense and special teams, wherever they are me at. Yeah. And all three things of the game, games. I mean, two days games, it doesn't
3: matter. And uh, special teams coordinator Nate Katzer told me earlier during, during mini camp before you arrived that there's definitely an open competition for some of those return jobs. How do you feel like you present a competition for guys like Dax Millen and others?
0: Uh, man, I'm, just, I'm coming to work, you know what I mean? So I leave that up to the coaches. And then uh, Eric Bien-Ami is the same, same EB you remember from KC. Oh, yeah, he's the same EB, he's the same EB. He, you, know, you know, you gotta come with that hard hat on, all right, know, and, and compete at a high
3: level. All right, so that was great to talk with Byron to catch up with him again. I tried to catch up with him on friday but the heat was just intense and my phone would not stay on it kept shutting down if you if you have an iphone uh, i'm not sure the other brands of phones honestly do it i I assume they probably do but you know it gets too hot and it says shutting down for the phone safety or whatever and you know uh, you'll be able to use your phone again here in a little bit and a little bit never came because i was still outside in the sweltering sweltering heat but a quick conversation with Byron, you know, newcomers to the team. So just kind of some cursory things of, you know, what are your expectations? What do you think of Sam Howell? What do you think of EB and getting, you know, reconnected with him? Things like that. But we got a little bit deeper with Dax Milne. He's got a little bit of history here. Uh, we did have a conversation about what he expects. Also talked about, again, that frustration from the outside looking in about the uh, the lack of explosive punt returns and then what he is hoping to bring to Eric Bianami's system. All right, Dak, Dear Three, what are the uh, the expectations?
0: Year three, uh, I think I got some expectations for myself uh, to start off. One is to just reestablish that I'm a I'm a guy that the coaches can trust um, on special teams and on offense, um, and really just like throughout training camp and practice, just continue to show that I'm an explosive playmaker that can move the chains, uh, just given the opportunity. And then on uh, on returns. Again, just a guy that can just fly out there. The coaches can be totally calm about having possession of the ball and and uh, working forward with that and be more explosive. I, I think I did a great job of just being a reliable guy last year, but now I want to just be a little more explosive and take a little more chances because I got I got some experience now.
3: Let's talk about that because I know, obviously, fans always want the explosive plays, right? And yeah. I think that's fair for for a fan to expect that kind of thing. But when I talked to, to Coach Catcher, Special Teams Coordinator, Nate Katz, he said, Make sure you would tell people not to underestimate the value of simply, simply, quote-unquote, right? I'm putting that in air quotes behind the camera, catching a punt. Can we yeah. can we talk about really how difficult that actually is? Because I see y'all working on it daily.
0: Yeah, uh, I think many fans can kind of be um, – to the fact that it is really hard to just go out there and just simply catch it. Um, it's one thing to go out there and catch it with, with no one to match it. But then another thing is when people coming at you full speed, you know, grown men, it's like right you gotta locate the ball where it's gonna be, and decide whether or not in a split second whether a fair catch it, what way you're gonna go. So I think people should uh be a little more understanding there, but I definitely want to be more explosive and and, you know, give the fans what they want there,
3: so. Absolutely. Just because you make it look simple don't mean it's actually simple, right. Right? right? Let's talk about a drill I saw today. You were you were fielding punts, and one of the coaches was throwing, um, like, an exercise ball at you guys. What is what is that designed to do, and how yeah. complicated does that make things? Yeah, so
0: a common occurrence uh, during a, a typical point turn is is those gunners. Uh, they, they can uh, get real close to you as, as you're catching the ball, and if you don't decide to fair catch it, in a split second right after you catch it, you got to decide whether to go right, left, or straight. And so that's what it's kind of... Uh, mimicking by throwing the young ball right at us, right after we catch, we got to decide where to go.
3: And then as a receiver, you know, I'm not a wide receiver coach myself, but looking at you running on the field, looks like your routes are a little bit smoother this year. Would you say that that's accurate? Do you feel a little bit more comfortable getting in and out of your breaks?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I'm. I'm always uh, improving on that. I've always took pride in, in being a great route runner. Um, and yeah, year three, it's it's all just pausing it up, um, especially with this offense. It's uh, he gives us a little, eb gives us a lot of freedom to kind of get open, whereas in previous years maybe we were a little more strict about movements and and steps, but I'm I'm loving how things are are going this year.
3: Absolutely, and then third year in the NFL, but what, you're on your fourth, maybe fifth quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks that you've had to play with. What are you thinking about this new one, Sam Howe, that you got?
0: Yeah, I love Sam. He's a stud. I think we had a great connection You know, last year, even in practice and in preseason. Um, And then moving in, I've just seen a Ton of confidence just a minute for him and him taking control of the offense is on the side for him
3: and then we got to ask the Eric B any questions what are your uh, what are your thoughts on EB so far
0: he's a passionate man he, he loves football and that's that's something that you know you want as a coach it's a guy that loves, loves his job takes pride in his job uh, I think it's just up to the players to just kind of follow his lead and, and see where the shit takes us.
3: Absolutely, Now I've got multiple uh, listeners, viewers of Locked On Commanders, asking me to talk to you. So uh, you got a message for the fans out there supporting you?
0: Hey, fans, believe in me, and I'll give you a reason why to believe in me. Coming through the season, I'm gonna be more exposed close on corner turns, and I'm, and I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my thing on offense. Be a reliable route runner, move the chain.
3: All right, so that is Dax Milton wide receiver uh, for the Washington Commanders. Also, Byron Pringle before that, and we're gonna wrap up today's show with our fourth edition of How I Watch. Uh, and a little swag courtesy of the Washington Commanders. That's coming up next on today's episode of Lockdown Commanders. how watch day four for the washington Commanders at training camp and on the fourth day sam howell went 10 for 16 that's 63 percent in 11 on 11 drills uh fairly solid number right again you don't want uh you would prefer to have like 70s right but 63 is a fairly solid number now what wasn't solid however was a pick six that sam howell threw while he was targeting terry mclaurin uh, as McLaurin was coming open from the right to the left side, Howell stepped up to throw to uh, his star receiver when it appeared that he got tripped up uh, by one of the feet of either his center or his left guard possibly. Uh, got tripped up by one of his linemen's feet, and the result was he was kind of falling backwards and threw the ball incredibly off balance. I uh, just kind of fluttered out there, and, you know, Terry McLaurin, who actually had a little bit of separation from Emmanuel Forbes of Sam, could have gotten the ball out ahead of Terry, which is, I'm sure, what he expected or wanted to do then it probably would have been a completion. But because he was falling backwards, obviously took something off the ball, comes out just as a duck, and it lands right in the hands of Emmanuel Forbes, who runs it back, uh, would have been a pick six if it were a game situation and not even uh, close. So certainly not something that Sam Howell wants to replace, replicate. Certainly not something the first-team offense wants to replicate, and then he didn't for the rest of the practice. He did, however, have a second interception in 11-on-11 11 11 drills, uh, but that pass. Actually hit Deami Brown right in the hands, and uh, Diami just didn't, you know, clamp down on it uh, hard enough. It went right through his hands and into the waiting arms of Percy Butler, who was playing over the top coverage on the play. Uh, now Brown, I did see on the sideline shortly thereafter doing some push-ups, clearly uh, trying to pay, you know, make a payment, uh, atone for the for the mental error. So uh, honestly, overall for the day on Saturday, the Washington offense, generally speaking, looked at a sync. There were some bad snaps from nick gates to sam Howell, uh snapped the ball over his head and look when your quarterback is five foot ten man you can't have those high snaps now the good news about the high snaps is they came during the same set of 11 on 11s um you know two plays in that same set that's not good but they came in the same set uh they didn't happen again after that and it's the first time we've seen that during camp so Right now, you take it as an anomaly. Uh, Nick Gates was seen later on. I think Ben Standett was the first one from the Athletics to report. It was seen hobbling uh, a little bit after the last team drills, but again, was in drills at the end of the practice uh, and seemed to be walking on it just fine on his way into the locker room and certainly probably going to elevate that a little bit for uh, his day off. So just in time, Washington, just in time, their offense. uh, They need a break. They need a a little bit of a break. They kind of started off pretty good. Uh, to begin the week, but then kind of fell off a little bit as the week went on. And I think a little bit of that is going up against such a tough defense. You know what I mean? It's It's got to be frustrating. And You probably press a little bit. Uh, but in the end of the day, iron sharpens iron, and hopefully it's going to make them better. Now, in the first set of 11-on-11 11 11 drills, Sam Howell quickly uh, connected with Logan Thomas, the tight end, who was going up against Benjamin St. Juice to complete his first pass. That second pass, like I said, was intercepted by Emmanuel Forbes and run back. His third pass was also incomplete. Uh, Terry McLaurin ran you know, a fly route right up the field on the right sideline against Forbes, got behind him. Uh, McLaurin won the route, but the ball sailed out of bounds. Went one for four after he threw an incomplete pass intended for tight end Cole Turner. On an out route on the left side of the field, Derek Forrest, the safety was in coverage, completed his fifth pass on a hitch route by Deami Brown uh, in front of Emmanuel Forbes, and then overthrew Terry McLaurin again down the field, this time going up against Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, McLaurin stemmed his route inside like a skinny post inside. Uh, the ball went outside, so a miscommunication there. Not sure who it was on, but a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver. I think most of us would probably say that McLaurin was probably right, just giving him the benefit of the doubt for his history, uh, and then completing his final pass of the first set of 11-on-11s, a left side out route to uh, tight end Curtis Hodges, going three for seven to start the day in 11-on-11s. The second set of 11s, were actually no passes. Uh, it was completely – it was all runs. That's where a run of the day comes, or play of the day comes, Brian Robinson. Uh, a left side C gap run through a major, major hole that was that was during the second set of 11s for the first team offense. No passes, but that's also where the two high snaps came from Nick Gates. And so first two uh, high passes uh, or high snaps of the of the of the training camp, but also Sam Howell's first two interceptions and 11s uh, of, of training camp. So, yeah, again, not a not a stellar day for the offense. Um, when they came back out on the field, Sam Howell went three for four, had a, uh, had a connection on a left side out route to uh, Samuel Curtis, or Curtis Samuel in front of Benjamin St. Juice, and then was incomplete, deeped on the left side to tight end John Bates, who was covered by Defoe again. Uh, completed a screen pass to Logan Thomas, uh, who ran upfield. I will tell you, linebacker Cody Barton would have blown that screen up. I mean, Logan would have caught the ball, but he would have been hit hard and fast by Cody Barton and uh, Cody Barton made sure to tell Logan Thomas afterwards. Like, Hey, it's a good thing. You're my teammate. Right. But it's a completed pass. Nonetheless, uh, completed his third uh, of four passes on a drag route to Jahan Dotson, rolling out with chase young under pressure. And then on the uh, fourth pass, it was a scramble by Sam Howell uh, Gates puts Nick Gates, the center, put Jonathan Allen on his butt. Um, kind of rough got up and, and certainly came back to Jonathan Allen. And I don't know what they said exactly, but I assume it was, Hey bro, my bad. I won't get that intense, and, and again, maybe a little bit of the heat, maybe a little bit of the struggles, a little bit of frustration coming out of Nick Gates, but he very quickly went back to John Allen and, and everything was fine. Everything was good. Uh, Last set of, of team drills, 11-on-11s for Sam Howell's group. Uh, Sam completed his first pass, uh, scramble drill pass to Antonio Gibson short. Uh, on the second pass, it was kind of weird. There, I think there was a false start on the play. The offense still ran the play, but the defense kind of didn't. Uh, either, either way, Sam Howell hit John Dotson over the middle, uh, in front of Rashad Wild Goose, Rashad Wild Goose was yelling that there was a flag anyway, so it didn't matter. Uh, the third pass of the set was the interception by Percy Butler that came off of De'Ami Brown's hands. And then two more completions on the right side, one in out route to Curtis Samuel uh, with amazing anticipation. Honestly, I'm going to tell you, basically, Sam Howell threw the ball right in my face. And when he threw the ball, I'm looking and all I see is green. And I'm like, where is he throwing the ball to? And then out of nowhere comes number four coming clear uh, and completes an out route to him. Uh, so that is that is some really good anticipation from Sam Howell on that pass. And then the final pass of his 11 on 11 day, a right side, uh, right to left, rather middle post route to uh, Logan Thomas in zone cover against zone coverage. So before we get out of here, uh, that was our Howell watch, our fourth Howell watch. But before we get out of here, I did want to share a little bit about the festivities that happened on Saturday. It was together again Saturday across the NFL, the training camp uh, again, Saturday's practice session. The commanders reported uh, somewhere around 10,000 tickets have been uh, administered or, or issued. I don't know how many people showed up. There were a lot of you. There were a lot of Commanders fans there. And guys, it was it was amazing. It was great. I greatly appreciate all of you coming. In and you didn't even come for me, but the players really appreciate it as well. Ron Rivera addressed the crowd after practice. It was it was impressive. It was really cool. Um, uh, there was music. There were booths like of people. I don't know exactly what they were doing. It was on-field entertainment. They had some like junior uh, uh, cheerleaders and. And, so, and dancers and stuff like that come out. And it was a lot of fun for, for, for all the families. And the proud parents were photographing and taking videos of their kids on the field. It was super cool um, on-field entertainment. And then there was swag. There was uh things like this this fan pack I'm going to show you here. Um, this was given out to, to the fans that came in attendance. I grabbed one so that I could show it to those of you who weren't in attendance and see the kind of stuff that your team is, uh, is giving out to fans. So I'm going to open this. Here on the show with you, and we're gonna take a look at what's inside this this little swag bag here. So the first thing, got a, a little notebook on a lanyard. That's that's pretty cool, right? Um, what's next? We had some we had some shades. I think I, I saw multiple people on the field wearing the, the command force guys uh, and gals were wearing these sunglasses. So got some sunglasses in here, giving out to the fans that were in attendance there. Uh, I got some Paisano's chapstick. I wonder if it tastes like pizza. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. But Paisano's branded chapstick, and then you got, um, what is this lotion? Yeah, this is lotion with a uh, D ring, so keychain lotion deal there. The Burgundy label, and then these. I saw these all over the crowd, uh, which I think is kind of cool. It's a fan. It's a foldable fan. Um, yeah, cool. So cool stuff given out by the Washington Commanders there to the fans in attendance on Saturday. Not sure if they're going to be giving those out uh, continuously or continuing to give those out. Uh, but, yeah, just some cool stuff that the Washington Commanders are doing for you guys uh, as much as possible, trying to make you comfortable when you come to practice and, and training camp. And uh, Yeah, I greatly appreciate it, too. I know a lot of the media members appreciate you guys all being out there. Super cool to see all the excitement uh, here for you. And then meet even more Locked On Commanders listeners and viewers um, every day. I'm meeting new new listeners and viewers of this program, and that's super cool for me. Uh, and I greatly appreciate all of you for, for uh, taking the time to to yell out to me because, you know, I am paying attention to the field. So you might have to yell uh, a couple times sometimes. And I, I apologize for that. It's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because I'm kind of focused on what I'm doing. So you got to kind of snap me out of that for a second. But if I can't come say hi to you, I certainly will. Speaking of that, I'll be back at practice on Monday. So if you're out there, make sure you say hi. And as usual, I'll be dropping a post-practice episode. I do plan on doing that one back out at Ashburn. John Kime and I were talking today about some uh, show recording issues that we've had out there at ashburn and we've got some ideas that we're going to try out on monday so he and i uh both are going to be looking to get back to recording our episodes out there at ashburn for you so be on the lookout for that monday afternoon in the meantime if you want to send your questions in drop them in the youtube comments hit me on twitter email them to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or text me directly via subtext uh join subtext.com slash locked on commanders i am texting subtexters during practices giving you kind of updates as i get them I'm uh, doing my best. I can signal out there is terrible. I don't know how Zach Selby t- uh, tweets as much as he does when we're out there, but signal is terrible out there. Uh, so doing the best that we can with what we got. But as always, I want to thank you for making On Commanders your first listen of the day every day and every day. So thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. And I thank you, of course, for making me a part of your day, your football routine. And if you've got uh, anything else you want to talk about, just hit me up either on text or on Twitter at dharrison82. Till we speak again, please be safe, be kind. And I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.